Welcome to Objectively Speaking, everybody. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode four, game five, with the second in a row, O-time loss. O-time lose. O-time lose is where you were going. That's because you're what? That's because you're what, Laura? A little bit drunk and a lot of it sad. A lot of it sad. Yes. Um, Laura, before we get started, I feel like it's commonplace um, for us to talk about what we're drinking after a Mm, loss. So I need to know what you're drinking. Um, I am drinking a screwdriver. So a hefty amount of vodka and orange juice in a, if you've ever been to a Blue Jackets game, in one of the souvenir cups Mm. that you can get from the concession stand. So vision it, and you'll understand my sadness. That hurts more, what I think. <laughs> yeah, that makes it hurt a little bit more to think about. At least it's not the, oh, it's, it's a playoff cup, too. It's a yeah. playoff cup, which is even worse. Yeah, because for a myriad so reasons. Yeah, I was going to say, for a myriad reasons, we won't have to worry about getting a playoff cup this year. What am I drinking? I am drinking Brewdog's Cannon Blast. Um, mostly because I would like to be blasted out of a cannon right now, <laughs> preferably. Hold on. This says, United, we stand for better beer, fiercely defiant and independent. This sounds like Pierre-Luc Dubois. Fiercely defiant and independent. Um, okay. Let's recap the game real quick, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, let's 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 start on some positives. Yes. <laughs> and we can talk about the gigantic pain in the ass that is Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm yeah, I'm assuming that the positives are going to last roughly 13 seconds. Maybe maybe 21 seconds for as long as it took for us to score the first goal. I'm like keeping don't be offended if I'm not like looking at you during the time that we're recording. I'm just simply refreshing my Twitter feed to make sure that he hasn't been traded the entire time that we're talking because I'd love to break that here. I feel like that's the only thing that's going to make sense after tonight. But to focus on the positives, um, this was the home opener for the Blue Jackets. The first time that they have played a actual game in Nationwide Arena since March 1st, 2020, which was my birthday game. Um, And it was an awesome game. We came back um, and won big against Vancouver. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, We had such a fun time at that game. And then a week later, the world fell apart. So Jesus did it ever. (laughs) It's been quite, quite an interesting time. Um, they did a really beautiful sort of um, game home opener ceremony before the game. Um, I think we both texted each other and we're like crying. Yeah, yeah, that was emotional. I like because I mean I think for both of us, like going to the like being in the arena and like going to those games and like having that mo- those moments is just so like. I don't know, it takes you out of everything else. And I think, like, more than anything right now, like, as as much fuck shit is going on right now, like, it still takes yeah. me out of the world. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, to sit down for three hours 
and to watch a Blue Jackets game, it like takes me out of the world. And so like thinking about being there and seeing that, like that was really powerful. Like just to like see it and you know, even though we weren't there and a part of it, like I thought it was because they didn't have to do that, right? Like they didn't have to put on that right. spectacle. Like they could have just played the game. So I did really appreciate that. Well, and it was just like it was a nice memory of like that, like our game day routine, kind of like mm-hmm. you know, people make fun of me sometimes when I'm like, I just miss the smell of the ice because there is yeah. a specific smell that you know the fresh ice has, or even the ice after the Zamboni goes over it, um, and the energy in the building, whether we win or lose, hearing the cannon like in person. Um, all the like regular game day routines. I mean, I'm sure my neighbors loved when I just yelled out Leo in the middle of my living room tonight. <laughs> really, I love that. Um, I did uh, before he sang the national anthem because it's just those old routines that we've been without for so long now. I miss them. Like they feel like, you know, kind of like hugs to have them again and just to see like the imagery around the arena because it happened so long since we've been able to see it. Um, and I love that they still did the full roster introductions. So everyone got their, <laughs> their moment. And I had to laugh because in my head, every single time one of them skated out, I was like, don't wave. There's no one in the crowd for you to wave to. And then what does Nick Felino do as he is the last man to get on the ice, raises his stick and waves. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, There's no one in there for you to wave to. Um, right. But it was still nice to have those um, those moments, and even yeah, I even felt nostalgic for the terrible arena DJ. I know. You know I hate the music that plays at Nationwide Arena, but tonight I was like, I'd give anything to be okay, complaining but I was, about this. I thought it was better tonight. Like I actually kind of like there were a couple oh, times. Oh yeah, I, I definitely was like, thought it was better. Yeah, there were a couple times I was like dancing in my seat. I was like, okay, all right, all right. I definitely Mostly thought it was better. There was played. even some times, there was even, even some times when the music like fit the mood of you know what was happening. Um, they did not play Duhas, which is our favorite power play song. Um, they had three opportunities and they did not on any of them. But you know that that was a real highlight. It was a real like echoing to the last two home openers that we've spent together, um, and. I actually don't think we won either of those games. I know we didn't win last year. No, we did not win last year. Yeah, I knew that because we played Toronto. Um, but I, I also don't think we won the game that we did the where we went to the big festival and we're in that one video, like our hands are. And we did oh, the blue card. Yeah, and you know who that was for? Do you know who the video is for where you can see our hands? Um, Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois. Pierre who Dubois? Pierre Asshole Dubois. But not on him yet. Let's talk about the game. Um, yes, <laughs> I guess we can do that. So, um, game starts 21 seconds into the game. Um, turnover uh, in the neutral zone. Delmi picks, I believe it was Hedman, and moves, mm-hmm. moves the puck. Into the zone, throws it over to Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand just rips it past Vasilevsky. Um, who else? Such, yeah, right. And he's—it's just such a reminder of who he is and like what he can do. But um, no, did you see? 
I, I don't want to like keep jumping back and forth, but did you see what he said after the game tonight? Um, Oliver. Yeah. Um, I saw a quote when he he was asked about PLB. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I also want to talk about Nick's comments too. So. Yeah, no, we'll talk about it all. And so, um, so yeah, I think game starts off well, and then we end the period. Um, and you know, no, do we end the, we end the period up one nothing? Longest towards, lead we held was today. Yeah, but then it went away super quick. When when I mean, Tampa Bay scores toward the end of the second period, scores another one at the end of the second period, makes it two one going into the third period. We find a way to tie it up uh, on the power play. Are we okay? Um, Nick Felino scores off of a Bjorkstrand uh, shot from the point. Um, so. You know, things are looking good there. Get a couple other opportunities in regulation, but nothing really to write home about. Um, and then in overtime, a couple chances both ways. We got a two on O going. Um, I was Wierenski and was it who who was on his other wing? I can't remember. Who was out when we lost, you mean? No, 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 no. Who it was Wierenski and who else were on the two on O rush? Oh. I can't remember. Nevertheless, Wasn't it, it is foodie. No, I didn't. I thought it was Tex hey, for some reason. No, it was Nick and Tex. The two and out. Wierenski took the shot. I know Wierenski shot, but nevertheless, and, we didn't. I score. just know that Cam. I just know that Cameron was out when we lost. Wow. And so then, yeah, like the playback, we lose. I know Tex was. And it's, Tex an, was, it's another stupid goal. It's another deflection off someone's freaking pants. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of goals that happen, though, like in overtime, like especially if you're not covering the man who's skating hard to the ice and skating or not to the ice. Oh, my God. Skating hard, um, you know, to the net, crashing the net and, and having an opportunity. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think – I don't know. I, I actually just want to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's all I can think about. It's the only thing that's on my brain. <laughs> it's it, right? Because, like, I don't – Okay, fine. Let's talk about – Let's talk about him, and then we can highlight some of the actual shining stars um, to make ourselves feel better at the end. Well, I just... But yeah, let's talk about that. He only played three minutes and 15 seconds of this entire game. His last shift was a disaster. Yeah, I mean, he was benched for the final 44 minutes of the game. Um, You know, Tortorella... Aaron Portsline knows how to ask like like he is so good at his job because he's not afraid to ask these questions because he like he knows the answer he's gonna get like he knows it and he asks it anyway and he should ask it because he's a reporter that's the other thing that's somewhat unrelated but when people give shit to reporters who are literally doing their job and asking the question that you're asking at home to the coach and you want to be like he shouldn't have asked that question that's like not the time or place like no actually like it's exactly the time and place like that's what reporters do so right i think my my anxiety comes from like i'm just terrified of torts like it's a very much so like love fear relationship like you know i just fear his reaction to things but no, Porcelain had to ask these questions because it's what everyone is thinking about. Right. And yeah, it was. So whose who's comments do we want to talk about first? Well, I want to talk about Torts a little bit because Torts, um, 
you know, he gets asked about, you know, um, in the previous, was it, it was the Detroit loss where uh, Dubois sat for like a seven minute stretch roughly in the second period, I think it was. Um, and then he came out and scored a goal. Wild how that works. And, um, and so everybody was like, he benched him, he benched him, he benched him. He got asked about it during the presser and he was like, you'll know when I bench somebody. <laughs> And somebody goes, you know, the other day you said, I'll know when you bet somebody. And then he goes, told you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I love him. Um, because, yeah, I mean, like, definitely he, you can't run away from that. Like, he benched Dubois. Um, but, like, he goes on to say, like, yeah. for one, he doesn't comment on it. Like, he doesn't, like, give, like, specific comments on things. He says that the room is fine. I don't believe that. But that's another story i don't believe that for a second no i mean like i think that everybody in the room is handling it as best as they can like i don't doubt that but as best as you can isn't fine i'm sure and so um then at the end of the interview he's you know porcelain says well you do like provide the minutes like you dole out the minutes and toro is like i no like not not really, because I give minutes to the players who show me that they deserve minutes. So it's up to the player to decide how many minutes he gets. And I respect that. Like, I, not to be the whole, like, I played sports growing up, like, for all of my life. But, like, that's not a new concept to me. Like, and I think I'm amazed by the people who, like, find a way to get pissed off about this. Like, you, you, and this is going to sound dumb, but, like, I always remember, like, when I was growing up, like, you had to pay money to be in a high school sport or like a middle school sport. And mm -hmm. they always called it pay to play. Like that was always what they called it, like at school and things like that. I always, every coach I ever had said, you're paying a pay to participate. You're, you're paying, but you're not paying a pay to play. The only way you're playing is if you prove that you can and you should because you work hard. Um, and that's not a new concept. Like, and that's not a con like people talk about how towards his coaching style is outdated and things like that. Like, no like like do you watch a lot like do you watch that shift honestly like you're you're a head coach of a hockey team laura congratulations and mm -hmm. you your job is to put the players on the ice that are going to give you the effort that's going to win you the game you watched mm -hmm. the shift that pierre Luc dubois gave you for his mm -hmm. last shift of the game there's no way you keep him on the ice. Like, there's no way you look at that and think, oh, that's going to win me this game. Even if, he's, even if he hasn't requested a trade, even if he has not, like, even if there's nothing associated with that. All he did was he followed the puck with his eyes. He did not go with it. He did not even go after any of the other players. He looked like he was out there during warm-ups like just sort of meandering around. And then my other issue is his behavior on the bench. Knowing very well that he was benched and he's just sitting there, pardon my French, fucking off. Yeah. And the even bigger, you know, he makes this big speech and they, they brought it up tonight, this big speech that he made in the beginning when all this started I'm going out there to be the best player, the best teammate, the best man I can be. I don't want to be a distraction. That's all you effing are. Yeah. 
when you pull stuff like this. You want to go to a bigger market? Bullshit. I literally have no idea what it is. Like, I, like... Yeah. I mean, I, I surely don't know what it is. Like, there are a couple... This is where, like... Like, truth be told, like, we're at an inflection point, right? Like, we're at a place where you've worked so hard, right, to, like, try to develop a number one center. I mean, this team has always struggled. Like, I mean, always struggled. 20 years of this franchise to have a number one, one, number one center. Ryan Johansson seemed like he could have been that. And he was, like, the first one. Like, he was, like, the first one to show us that he could possibly take on that role. And things, you know, fall south because, again, like, Torts is expecting a certain thing from his players. And if he's not getting that, then he's going to, you know, pressure and things be like Torts. that. Be yeah. Right. Be a coach. <laughs> like, be the winningest coach in American hockey history. Like, I don't know. Like, and um, so I, I just, like, I'm beginning to wonder if we need centers in Columbus. Like, I'm beginning to wonder if, like, that's a position that we need because, like, I think about, like, and I know this is like going to be a little bit like before your time as a, as a hockey stand, but like I think about Rick Nash, Rick Nash never had a center. Like he never had anybody solid in the middle that was going to help him like produce, was going to help the team like get to that next level. Like he never had that. Like they tried multiple times with multiple people. And at times they had to fly to Philadelphia to try to get somebody on a plane, literally to kidnap them to come back to Columbus and so, like, it's not new, but it's so frustrating. And it's, like, one of the tweets that I read was, like, oh, the Blue Jackets, you know, all the Blue Jackets did for Pierre-Luc Dubois was draft him third overall when nobody had him pegged there. All they did was take a 19-year-old rookie and put him on a playoff team and make him the first-line center and work to develop him and, like, put him on a line with, you know, Panarin and, and, and Atkinson and, you know, they produce, like, crazy and things like that and – so I don't know. I, I like, at t- like, I am frustrated. Like as a fan, like I try really hard to like be level-headed about some of these things, and I just like, I'm at a loss. Like I don't really know how to be level-headed about the situation because like, like if I had my way, like he, he would not ever play another game for this franchise. Like, right. And well, and I think, and again. I've said this to you before, but this is a lot of gumption and a lot of nerve for a kid that has only been only p- played three full seasons in the NHL, has not been consistent for those three seasons, has not even been the top goal scorer in any of those three seasons. You know, he's... I don't know a whole lot. Obviously, he was drafted before I became a fan, so I don't know a whole lot about the people that were in his class. But, like, I'm pretty sure there's probably a couple people that are doing a lot better than he is. And he has arguably one of the best coaches to lead him to be a better player, and he's sitting here throwing a fit about it. And again, we don't know why he suddenly feels this way. This has not at all been apparent from an outside perspective over the last three years that he wanted to leave. 
no, something happened. I don't know what it was, but something very evidently happened. And I just, and, and we might not ever know like what it was, but all that matters is that something happened and he wants, he wants gone. And so. Then I'm trying to figure out why he thinks that this kind of behavior is going to get that to happen. Because I do have a question. This is not something that I know or that I think that I even really think that Torts would do, but um, Megan, my hockey child, uh, yes, texted yes. Crush tonight and was like, why don't we just scratch PL and put in someone who actually wants to play? And I mean, isn't that a possibility? Obviously, we couldn't do it tonight because he was in play, but the game had already started. But isn't that a thing? Like, could Oh, yeah. Just- I, I would almost put money on the fact that Kevin Stenland will start for Pierre-Luc Dubois on Saturday. Not for him. I mean, obviously, he's not gonna, we're not throwing Kevin Stenland right. on our first line. But yeah, Kevin Stenland will be in. I would put money on that right now. If, if Pierre-Luc Dubois is still a Columbus Blue Jacket on Saturday, I think he'll be scratched. Okay. That's what I thought. Like, I thought that this was an opportunity. And you know, last, you know, last episode, we talked about uh, what we're going to do when Miko Koivu finally gets off of COVID protocol. And here we go. Let's, let's scratch PL and let Miku just move in. And we'll go from there until he either decides until either Yarmo gives up and trades him or he comes crawling back and realizes that he is a dumbass and only making himself a bad name for his career. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Like this is where you have to start to be careful if you're Yarmo, because at, at one, at some point, like you need to make sure that you're not letting another team do you a favor by getting rid of him. Because the second you're giving the team that, you know, Oh, Yarmo, I'm doing you a favor by getting this person off of your team. Therefore I'm not going to give you more than this for him. And even if it's still a good offer, but it's not, market it's not what you think you should get for him and you're forced into taking it like that's no good either and so i don't think we're there yet because i think like the jury is no longer out on him i don't think as far as like scouts are concerned and things like that i think people see him for who he is as a player which like objectively speaking is good like he is a very good player like i can't say that he's not but um, right but yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. And I mean, it's it's just kind of like what I see as like a glimpse into the future, right? Like if you're the Blue Jackets, you know for a fact that you have Seth Jones contract coming up at the end of not this year, but the end of next year. You're looking and knowing that Nick Felino has to resign at the end of this year. You're looking at the fact that David Savard has to resign at the end of this year. John Tortorella might not be the coach of this team at the end of this year. There's a lot <laughs> of things that are going to be really hard to kind of like, maintain or like ensure that you're kind of like rebuilding and stuff like that so I mean this team is I don't want to say that this team is it's nowhere near as good without Pierre-Luc Dubois but this team isn't incompetent without Pierre-Luc Dubois I mean I think you saw that tonight like um and so it's just a matter of trying to if I'm Yarmo I'm trying to get back a piece that will if nothing else like Fight into the the gap that's left, the hole that's left. You don't have to replace well, Pierre Dubois, but it's also just not fair to the guys who do want to be here and are playing. Yes, we have had a very rough start, 
we're not the only team in the league that has had a rough start. This is a weird season. It's a short season. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Someone argue we shouldn't even be playing hockey right now. But it's not fair to everyone else, A, for him to be behaving like this, because that's just ridiculous. And honest to God, I really hope someone punched him in the face in the locker room. I know they probably didn't, or in the parking garage. Either one is fine with me. Like, just make sure that you're not in front of a camera. But, you know, it's, and also to, you know, like you said, have Yarmo give him away or let another team do us a favor and us get something that's not at least close to an even match replacement for him. Like, it's just not fair. And I understand the unfairness of it all is very much so the Blue Jacket way. Like, things just, you know, we do a Hail Mary two years ago and go big at the trade deadline for all of these people to try and sway to keep one or two guys here and to really make a push for the playoffs. And it comes back to bite us in the ass. And that's just, from what I know of the history of the team, because when I started being a fan, that was something that I started doing was learning what it's been like prior to my existence in this community. You know, it's always been fight after fight after fight after fight after fight to prove that this is, you know, I, the, t the term I hate the worst, a hockey town. Like, or that Columbus is worthy of a good team or that Ohio in general is worthy of a team other than Ohio State that's noteworthy of anything. So I'm just really, like you said, when I got on the Zoom, you're like, oh, you're sad. I am sad. I'm sad because this team that I love and this city that I love is getting kicked in the pants again by a spoiled 22-year-old who doesn't know how to behave himself. And I work with college students. I know uh, what spoiled 22-year-olds are like. Oh, my God. That's like our specialty is spoiled 22-year-olds like the one thing we're good at mm -hmm. people pay me to work with spoiled 22 year olds i know what i'm doing yeah right right there with you i'm applying for more jobs to work with more spoiled 22 year olds like on purpose like like i don't okay um i do want to read i was just scrolling through twitter um nick felino's quote it's a pretty long quote um, from tonight, but I do just want to read it in its entirety because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I'm going to have a beer burp during, but like, I, I might. <laughs> like, these are. I think Nick would respect it. I like, these are good. They're just a little, a little bitter, a little hoppy. You know, I don't drink beer, so I'm going to take your word for it. No, I know. And it's like a, it's a, well, American pale ale, so I guess, I don't know. It's good. Anyway, um, he said, I mean, it's one of those things we've dealt with before, and it is what it is. I think for us, we're just trying to win hockey games. Try harder. Um, <laughs> uh, that's way above my pay grade. That's We've had our talks with Luke. He's one of us until we're told otherwise. What We said that – I think somebody, whoever wrote this quote, typed it wrong. Uh, we said that 
our loud. I think it's out loud. We said that out loud and that's the way it is. We don't treat him any differently. And, you know, I think you guys are looking for a big story. Obviously he didn't play tonight. So I get the tensions are high, but for us, I've got 20 other guys to worry about and a team to worry about. We've had our talks and this is the way it's going to go right now. It's the coach's decision ultimately. So you'll have to ask towards and we're going to play, but we're just going to play. Our job is to play. And we did that with some other guys that wanted out at the time and we found success. So it ultimately comes down to the guys out there and you've got to get the job done. I also saw somewhere, you know, that he said that they've got to have guys still to buy in. And like, there's only really one that I'm watching that I'm like, yeah, Pierre Dubois. Mm-hmm. Like, there are guys that are struggling, but I don't think there aren't. Go- there are other guys that like aren't bought in. Yeah, my fear, and I'm. I mean, I will briefly speak on him, but because he finally got a point, so I'm a smidge proud, but still not over the hill with Mr. Cam Atkinson. But you know, my concern isn't that Cam doesn't want to be a Blue Jacket. Cam's just struggling with his own game. My concern isn't that Seth Jones doesn't want to be a Blue Jacket. He, he's just having issues with his game. I waver on Zach Rorinsky on whether or not he wants to be a Blue Jacket, but I don't think that that's the issue we have right now. I think, again, he's just struggling to find his pace in his game. I don't worry that any of the young guys who are still trying to find their rhythm don't want to be a Blue Jacket. I think they feel lucky as hell to be playing in the National Hockey League, arguably the best hockey league in the world. And they're not going to throw a fit about it. Right. I'm going to shout it out to, to Michael Delzato again for being a 30-year-old defenseman working his ass off to prove that he belongs on this team and wants to be a Blue Jacket. And I'm going to shout it out to Max Domi, who from moment one, that he was traded here said, I don't want to talk about my time in Montreal. I don't want to talk about my time on the other team. I'm a Columbus blue jacket now, and I'm here to help this team win. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. mm, Yeah. And it's just disheartening. It sucks. And it sucks, especially in a situation tonight in our first game, a to be the home opener because we all just freaking miss being there. Mm-hmm. and seeing that opportunity play out the way that it did, but also against the freaking lightning. Like, it's just one of those things, like, there are new version of the pens at this point. And it's just disheartening to have this tension and this drama when we were you know, for the most part, holding our own. The play tonight, I don't think that you can say that the play tonight wasn't better. Oh, it their was much energy, better. Their energy was way up. Agreed. We made it a whole decent chunk. We made it essentially the same amount of time, a little over a whole period with a lead, based mm-hmm. on from when they scored in the first to when they scored in the second. So that is major improvement from the last – from the first four games, yeah, you know, they were definitely communicating better. I think some of the line changes worked a little bit better. Um, I'd feel bad for other three remaining centers because they had to pick up more shifts with PL not playing. Um, I thought a lot of players looked way more confident, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's always, 
it's always good to get those, even if it means that we don't win, but it is always good to get those first big goals and see the excitement that wills up in them, especially from Oliver, because it just reads all over his face how excited he is. Um, Wait, can we talk whenever... about that for a second, though? Mm -hmm. The Blue Jackets <laughs> have scored first in four out of their first five games. And, and lost. they've lost all of them. <laughs> like in the one game they've won. Hear me out. This is like the reverse of last year's Thursday night hockey. Yeah, hear me out. We pulled. We won every Thursday night game for like two months straight. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful thing. This is the opposite of that. Yeah, just hear me out. Mm -hmm. We pull Corpy or Elvis. And start the game with six. Let whoever score and then go from there. <laughs> we just let the team, the other team get an empty netter. Fuck and it. then all, go, go. Laura, all I have is stats. All I have is data. So that, so, well, first of all, I know I'm going to, I'm going to approve this because <laughs> it does, it doesn't shake the confidence of either of our goalies. Because it's not their fault. So then they get to go out there with an energized team because now we're fighting for our lives to come back from being behind. And they don't have to claim responsibility for it. So are we the crazy team that starts starts a game with six players and no goalie? I think that's how we end up on the all the cover pages of NHL.com and whatnot. Because, um, well, of course, the they showed tonight was Cam getting his ass kicked oh, that was bad. and falling on his face. Well, and hear me out, objectively speaking, listeners. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. One, these bitches are crazy, and yes, true. But two, I know you're thinking, okay, so they have a man advantage. Doesn't that mean that they might have a chance to score? And I hear you, but no. Have you watched us on the fucking power play? Have you tried you it? Like Place. We actually, yeah. I think we're allergic to them. Can we decline them? We are, we are not a fan. We actually pretend that our extra player is a ghost. And we're like, oh, four on four, even keel. Do you ever, really forget, that, do you ever forget that Steve has, has a literal friend who like goes by ghost? I do sometimes. He was a cool kid. I didn't meet him. I didn't see him. Our um, friend Steve is also uh, a cool kid, but. Fine. But no, we we're terrible on the power play. Doing pretty great on the penalty kill for the first five games. So I'm not going to be sad about that. Correct. But I just really – and we made it – we did make it further into overtime tonight than we did the other night. Step by step. Eventually but, we'll get to the shootout. Oh, my God. And you know how much I hate shootouts. I mm. literally feel like I'm up the entire time. Yeah, Actually, that one time I was down in the seat at the arena. Yeah. I think it was. No, because you don't do shootouts in the playoffs. It might have yeah. been a game that was like close to us clinching or something, but it was really nerve wracking. And we were going into a shootout, and I just like could not. I like physically slid all the way down in my seat and was just like, nope, not happening. Yeah. So, but I tonight i wanted us to just get through get through the overtime without losing 
and go into a shootout because I felt a little bit like maybe. Yeah. I, also, uh, I'm gonna say, do not put Cam out there in overtime. Yeah. Bench him from overtime. Well, I appreciated what um, I don't know if you caught Tortorella's pregame interview. But I did appreciate what he said about why he put out who he put out. He he put him out there to try to get him going. Thinking three on three, it, it opens it up. So I can respect it. Here's the one thing that I think, and, and we could probably end on this, that I just think is so graceful. Did you see that the Blue Jackets coaching staff took a 20% pay cut this year? To deal with this. To deal with this nonsense. John Tortorella gets paid 20% less to put up with 120% more bullshit. Give him his money back. He's, although <laughs> he, he's getting paid in Twitter hate. That's the 20%. Some I will these, fight anyone who's blaming torts for this. Some of these people never were Blue Jackets. This isn't shade. Don't take it the wrong way. But some of these people never were fans of the Columbus Blue Jackets when Scott Arneal was the head coach, and it shows. And it fucking shows because like, <laughs> like what? Like, you no, know, I've read up about the other coaches. So like, I understand. Scott, Did I mean, say- Scott Arneal. Scott, they, I, I, I they pulled it up because, because I, there's- oh, we're fighting. The girls are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've talked over each other more in this podcast than we have in any of them. And I guess it's because we're both emotional. But Scott Listeners, Arneal Listeners, I'm sorry. Scott O'Neill was the coach of the Blue Jackets for three se- – well, I don't know how it's dictated. 123 games, he had a winning percentage of .439. And that's not even the worst in franchise history. Did he – that only equates to like a season and a half. Yeah, essentially. Well, I think one of those seasons – no – no, I'm wrong. I'm like trying to think of what season that lockout was in, but it would have been when Todd Richards was the coach. Twelve thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, um, all of that to say that John Tortorella is the best coach the Blue Jackets have ever had. Will be the best coach Correct. the Blue Jackets have ever had for a long time. Correct. And we'll go down in Blue Jackets history. Like it just it's it's fact. In 10 years, you know who you'll be talking about as a Columbus Blue Jacket fan? John Tortorella. Do you know who you won't be talking about? Pierre-Luc Dubois. Fucking Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's all I've got on that. On that front, specifically. I don't know. I'm just like... I just... I'm sorry. Alcohol abuse happening over here. Um, I just, like, remember, like... This is like me going off on a tangent. Sitting in, I remember my first year at Otterbein, I was so excited. And a faithful listener to the pod, Stephen, Stephen Shrek, texts me about every episode. I know. He texts me about every episode and like will text me with quotes from his favorite. So, Stephen, I'm waiting for the texts. Um, but oh, I hope he doesn't think I'm annoying. Stephen, remember that I love you. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but um, no, so. I remember like being so excited about the season and the year's 2015. We have a mini fridge that sits in between our two desks. We called it our technology tower because it was our microwave, our fridge, our TV, our Xbox and our TV. And 
I just remember like it was a dry erase fridge and he's a Predators fan because he has poor taste. We'll bring him on. Let's bring him on the next time the Jackets play the Predators. But um, Absolutely. But yeah, so we have our like records like on the fridge, like in dry erase markers. And eventually I stopped doing it because that's the year we started 0 and 8. But I just remember like when we fired Todd Richards, Rip, we fired him on his birthday. And we were just like... Isn't that also the 16-game winning streak season? No, not the one that we... No. No, that would have been the 16... I thought that was in January. Oh, it was 16-17 yeah. the following year? Yeah, because that's when me and Kelly went to that game in Washington, um, which would have made it 17. But... But I always love that memory because I actually nobody would like nobody was free to go with me, and so I was like, "Mom, you gotta go." And so she went with me to the one that we uh, that uh, when we beat Edmonton to make it um, sixteen in a row, and so that'll be I'll always remember that. That's really cool. But um, yeah, <laughs> that was a mess. But I just remember like reading like the Blue Jackets were hiring John Tortorella, and like I knew John Tortorella. Like I'm a hockey fan. Like I knew who John Tortorella was. I was like, what? In the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Everyone has seen from both New York and Tampa. He has a reputation. A slight one, but, but I don't know. I love none him of those names are from here. Yeah, I no. Do. This right here is the John Tortorella Stan podcast. I donated to his fund last year when he got that $25,000 fine. Oh, that's funny as hell. I didn't know you did that. You're crazy. You're a manic and I am in yeah. love with you. They ended up they ended up donating it to his animal. Yeah, rescue. I do remember that. But, you know, he's passionate. He's also again the most winningest American coach that there is, and we're damn lucky to have him. 100% one of the reasons why I love the Columbus Blue Jackets is for everything that they do for the community as well and John Tortorella has done a ton for Columbus so I'm I gonna think, love him I think John Tortorella will live in Columbus after he's done coaching or like like I think he'll stay I here. mean his like, farm is beautiful why would you want to leave that well and the way he talks about um Columbus and all that kind of stuff I mean it's just so I think that's why he gets so pissed off when people want to leave because of how much he loves it but Nevertheless, we could talk about this for hours, Miss Girl. We really could, but I think we should spare the I listeners. Do, yes, I do want to make a quick thing before we yeah, do our sentence. Oh, of course. Just to just say that Corpusalo was a number one tonight. Yeah, I, I would play him on Saturday. Like, some of those saves were, like, so beautiful. He did one where he just, like, simply raised his hand and just caught it over his head, and then he stood up and was like, boom. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> he's feisty do you remember last year when they had to be like quit slamming your stick against the post after they score do you remember that <laughs> or when he, remember when he broke his stick right on the post? yeah and just, yeah he's got he's got the energy in it elvis does too but elvis is he'll get to that point um i tweeted no. during i what i just said i tweeted during the podcast like as we were recording Nobody responded because our social media following is fake as hell. Um, but I tweeted, who do you all think is going to fight PLD in the first game we play against him, like against the team that we trade him to? Giannis Corposalo. 100%. That'd be fucking dope. 
And then I want out of nowhere from like either off the bench or from the other end of the ice. I just want Cam to just like, that's when his speed returns. Like he just suddenly becomes the fastest little man on the ice and he just Superman jumps on top of that scrum and punches PL square in the face. Yep. He can't do it from his feet because there is a solid like foot difference, even with skates. Right. So he'll need to jump, but I just want him right, right in the face. Break that nose one more time. Damn. All right, Laura, it's Saturday, 2 p.m. <laughs> yes, because we're going to be the uh, primetime European television. Yeah, yeah the Europeans game. are going to wake up tomorrow morning and they're going to be like, ooh, a treat. This will be fun to watch, knowing what's going on. We're going to watch the – the only reason they're showing this game is because it's the lightning, not because it's us. Yeah, and they know. promised the Europeans they'd get to see a lightning game. So here we are. Well, nevertheless, two questions. One, mm. who would be your starting goalie? And two, is Pierre-Luc Dubois on the Columbus Blue Jackets by Saturday? Um, Corpy's my starting goalie. Um, I don't think that we – I love Elvis, and like we said, he will, he will get there. But I think we need Corpy's confidence – Corpy also has – he has a bone to pick with Tampa for putting him through that five-overtime game in the playoffs. So he does not F around with these Tampa people. So I need that kind of energy. Like, that's the energy I want on the ice on Saturday. Um, I do – I'm usually wrong about this stuff because you're better at knowing, like, what managers and stuff are going to do. But – I do think that he's still a Blue Jacket by Saturday. Do I think he plays on Saturday? Absolutely not. Um, I think that this turns to a similar situation um, that we had with Sergei Bobrovsky two seasons ago where they suspended him for a game after he behaved terribly um, during a game and walked off the ice. Um, I don't know if they'll officially suspend PL, but maybe they'll scratch him. Yeah, no, we're but not. But I don't think Yarmo's ready. I don't think Yarmo's ready to give up, or I think he still he still wants to prove a point. And so I don't think anything's going to come through in the next forty eight hours that it's going to be enough for him to stop trying to make a point. Yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying. I. I don't I I think he has given up. Like I don't think I think he recognizes the situation's untenable at this point. Like I I would also start Corpy. Unrelated. Related but unrelated. <laughs> um but uh yeah, no, I it's done. Like I don't think he'll be traded either by Saturday, but I it's done. Like he he won't oh, I didn't say that I think that PL is going to stay for the next two years. I don't think that at all. Um, I don't want him to. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, part of me, I've lost the part of me that wants him to magically wake up and realize he's being an asshole. But like we talked about earlier, I don't want to just 
give him away so that we can be done with this because I don't want to give up on our season either. We're only five games in and hockey is bringing me joy right now, even with a rough start. So I don't want to give up, but you know, I don't think the basic answer is I don't think he'll be gone by Saturday, but I don't know how long we will call Pierre-Luc Dubois a Columbus Blue Jacket. No, I agree. <sighs> All right, friend. Well, what else is on your mind as we start to wrap up this edition of Objectively Speaking? Um, let us know if you want us to do uh, the, our own social media accounts for Objectively Speaking. I yeah. could use a I won't make you do it. You do the stuff for line change, but let us know, listeners, whomever you are, if you would like some content outside of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I anyone who is listening, I love you. This has been so fun. Um, yeah. And I hope that we're keeping you entertained. And we just we just appreciate you. Laura, all I know is that you better be ready over the course of the next 48. The second you get a text message from me that says, get on the mic. Because you know we have to do a, a, a right away reaction to when Pierre gets traded. Of course, because it, we're the team who has to trade their, num- their, their number one center after their fifth game. We're going to be all over the place. It's going to be Columbus Blue Jackets this, Columbus Blue Jackets that. And again, not because we won the Stanley Cup, but because we have drama in our locker room. Yeah. He wants a garage too. Somebody look up the house he just bought. Maybe it has one. Uh, Don't you remember that? Oh, I do. That the reason... Panarin left is because he wanted to be able to have a garage. 100%. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, we so appreciate you listening to our slight breakdown here this evening. Um, our breakdown of the game and the breakdown of our minds. That's our slogan. Holy hell, that's it right there. Um, but Go hopefully, on a t-shirt. Right? Hopefully the next episode y'all get from us happens after Saturday's game. It might happen before then, and if it does, it'll be because Pierre-Luc Dubois got traded. Um, but I appreciate you, same as Laura said, like, I appreciate all of you who are listening. Love you all so much. I'm glad that we are taking in the Blue Jackets together this season and hopefully for many seasons to come. Uh, so keep an eye out for all things that are objectively speaking, and we will talk at y'all next time. Hopefully we'll see you Saturday. Bye. Thank you.